Hey everybody, welcome to Beauty and the Geest, the podcast where we watch bad movies so that you don't have to. Uh, I'm one of your two co-hosts, Patrick de Geest, along with the beauty. That would be me. I am Scott the Beauty. And in case you forgot, uh, this week we watched Devil Story. From 1986, and it was uh, let's let's lay it all out there. I I would consider this um perhaps the worst movie we've watched so far. I would definitely. I was debating on whether this one would be worse than Bigfoot's Bride or not after watching it as well. <laughs> I still don't think uh, I can put it as the worst, but it is definitely. Um, it is definitely the second worst one that we have watched. Maybe if uh, they hadn't done the random weird MS Paint special effects in Bigfoot's Bride that they did, this one would have passed that because this one at least still had its own practical effects. Yeah, it's it's certainly in the conversation. If there was, a, let's say, a Super Bowl of shitty movies we've watched so far yeah i'd agree it'd probably be this versus bigfoot's bride <laughs> oh, and we could start taking odds <laughs> a- absolutely and of course as soon as we start fucking recording too popular man sending messages fans i'm sure yes yes uh, sponsorship opportunities yeah yeah we'll uh we'll get to that next episode but uh, let's yeah let's let's knock this one out, man. It uh, <laughs> first of all, first of all, it was I believe originally French language, and then dubbed, which is always a little wacky when I watch to begin with. Um. <laughs> yes, but again, so yes, this this was supposed to take place in the wilderness of France, but we'll come across something later on that will definitely show that it was not filmed in the world in in the uh in in france at all and like the characters don't have names like even if you go i have imd imdb pulled up right now you know usually we can at least refer to them as so and so but even imdb they don't have names it's just like husband and wife uh elderly husband and wife the 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 idiot uh, misshapen gargoyle or whatever they referred to that thing as <laughs> Nazi mutant. Yeah, so let's so that's that's a good place to start, I guess, with the idiot misshapen gargoyle. Uh, we begin <laughs> our adventure in a uh, as you mentioned French forest. There's like a mutant kind of deformed, looks like an inbred mutant human, like you'd see in the hills have eyes or something. Yeah, it definitely looked like Wrong Turn esque. Um, yeah. But like you said, wearing a like a German SS uniform, <laughs> which I mean, as, as it goes on, the uniform actually kind of seems like some of the stuff on some of the decorations and stuff like that on the uniform change. And as you get closer up later on in the film, you can definitely see that they it is it's probably the shittiest costume that that I've ever seen. Some sort of villain is supposed to have. Right. Yes. Yes. And it. Uh, I'm not a historian when it comes to this stuff, but yeah, he had SS on the sleeves. 
He had an iron cross, a couple of weird, weird medals. I'm sure one, well, they didn't have Google when they made this, but uh, just a moment of research could have solved his uniform problem. But uh, whatever, it's it's one of the least bad things in a movie about bad things. <laughs> they they didn't have Google, but they sure had history books. Yeah, you'd think they could have made a phone call. But whatever, you've got you've got a you've got a mutant hillbilly in a German SS uniform uh, emerges from like a it's either a tent or just a tarp, you know, strung over a line to serve as as a tent. Comes out with like a knife. He's covered in blood. He's just kind of grunting. Eventually rips rips the tent down, uh, revealing a man who's like mostly dead, uh, kind of bleeding out. Which at the, at that moment. You know, it gave me a little bit of hope. We have our first death in like one minute. Which... Right. Yeah. Minute one, like opening scene, somebody's dead. And and that that's kind of what I was thinking too. And boy, were we both fucking wrong. Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned mentioned the practical effects. Like he's got a, a pretty bloody wound. There's blood spurting out of it every second or so to to mimic the heart beating. But yeah, it uh, it was all downhill from <laughs> from that first sixty seconds because immediately after that they show like a uh, I think uh, a girl like skipping through the woods collecting firewood. Uh, the mutant hillbilly surprises her. He's got like spiked fingerless gloves, like you'd expect like a biker to wear. He kind of rakes her across the face with her spiked gloves, then punches her in the head as she's on the ground. Drags her off, throws her down a well, uh, throws the uh, the initial dead male down a well too, and then roll roll opening credits. <laughs> so that's what we've got to deal with, and it only gets weirder and dumber from there. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Yeah. So the part that I did see when when I was actually checking to make sure um, that it was in English was I believe the next scene where. The old couple, uh, older couple breaks down in their car and uh, suddenly you see crazed Nazi mutant gargoyle guy uh, emerge from the woods with a rifle and shoot the old lady. (laughs) Yeah, the old lady's left in the car. The guy like walks away with his gas tank to, uh, I guess, because they're out of gas. He he sees the mutant like crouched behind a like a brick structure, which would clearly freak anybody out. Like because he's like a foot away when he sees this guy, but he's just like, "Hey, buddy, you you got some gas?" <laughs> and he just comes out and stabs him. And then yeah, then takes who he, the mutant also has a shotgun. Uh, sneaks up on the woman who was left in the car, shoots her with a shotgun. So, so again, I mean, if you're going for death count, because I checked the clock, we're four deaths in under 10 minutes in this show. So it's it's does not have a lot going on for it after that. But then they start kind of reusing material, cut to another couple, which turns out to be the main couple. They're driving in their car, uh, get a flat tire. The guy goes out to change the tire. The wife, who she will... I guess is the main character of this film. Should we just address her as wife? Blonde she doesn't have bitch. a name. She doesn't have a name. Yeah, blonde bitch. I mean, we we, we could 
we could call her stupid bitch for what happens later on, but blonde, nah, nah, blonde, blonde woman. We don't, we don't want to, we don't want to cause any issues with any with stereotyping anything. blondes. With well, no, I mean, we just don't want to call anybody stupid bitches or anything like that. So we'll we'll just call it we'll just call her blonde lady because that that works the best. Yeah, blonde. Okay, blonde lady. Husband is changing attire. Blonde lady, like, hears a cat, cat yowling, and goes to to investigate. And this already... Which which was a a sound effect that was completely faked, along with the birds that were constantly going in this fucking movie. Yeah, the birds were annoying as hell. It's like they took tropical... tropical toucans or something recorded them and then cranked the volume up to 11 and just played that on repeat birds that you fall asleep to like if you bought one of those cds back in the day where it was like noises to fall asleep to tropical forest this is what it would be like except it's just that and then a screeching howling cat yeah they they bought those for like uh on a sound effects cd and just played those over and over as they made this film. We paid three dollars for this sound effect. We better use it. Yeah, we better get our money's worth because they did. They got about eighteen cat yowls. They got about probably sixty minutes of of annoying bird chirps. <laughs> Eight, eighteen cat yowls. Uh, that was like in the first ten minutes of of this yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah, they keep having close-ups of the cat yowling, and she but just cat, wanders away. But but the cat is not moving either. So right. normally, if you would hear a cat yowling, you would see the actual mouth of the cat moving and everything, which you don't. Yeah, it's a close-up of a cat with a yow- cat sound effects CD playing in the background. She is, like, in a trance. And there's, like, a, a thunderstorm rolling in. Like, there's lightning and thunderstrikes as she's just kind of trance-walking uh, towards this cat. She eventually finds the cat, like, on a ledge. Of like kind of a eroded dirt cliff. There's a cat on a ledge, and it it jumps, and like she's got starts starts screaming. She's got like blood on her hands. Her husband runs over and shows up, but she keeps like having a panic attack or something. Yeah, she's freaking out because she's seen her hands. They look all like they were clawed and bloodied by the cat that jumped into her into her face and her husband looks at her hands and sees nothing wrong and she's still freaking out thinking that they're all mangled and bloodied and doesn't understand that she was having a hallucination and seeing things right right and she's like complaining like i hate your trips like we always get lost this always happens he's like hey you calm down honey you know things will be fine we'll go let's go find a place to stay <laughs> let's go find some propane and propane accessories <laughs> Which is, and then they, it's funny because they're allegedly lost, just winging it. They drive up the road a little bit and find what looks like a Buckingham Palace. <laughs> like it's, it, it is one of the like coolest in terms of like architecture and stonework. Uh, uh, who knows? A thousand year old castle or something that I've seen in a long time. And they're just like, okay, let's. Let's stay here. <laughs> Let's see if we can rent a room in this gigantic castle. Yeah, in the middle of a thunderstorm, they pull up. The gates just open automatically. 
They walk in. There's like some elderly uh, caretakers running an Airbnb, except it's like a 50,000 square foot castle. And they're just like, well, you guys must be lost. Nobody ever comes here anymore. Oh, and the old guy just has a knife. <laughs> it's such a... I, yeah. He's got an ankle sheath for a for like a combat knife. It's not even like a fold, you know, not a folding knife, not anything you would keep in your pocket. It is absolutely a hunting knife slash combat knife that you would expect to get into a knife fight in the old west with. Yeah, this description is going to get absurd because it's there's no logic to anything. Like I said, there's a 75 year old elderly couple. Running an Airbnb out of a out of Buckingham Palace <laughs> that is apparently so out of the way they have no customers and uh, blonde wife and dopey husband just stumbled on it so so they're gonna stay there and they they start making small talk with the uh, elderly couple who go into this weird story about how it's cursed because uh, like there was a shipwreck years ago a boat was. Like an yeah, old ship, school shipwreck with five brothers that they the ship was never found. The only thing that was ever found was the was the smaller landing craft that would have been rowed to shore by the ship people on the ship. And nobody ever saw these five brothers ever again. Or the ship again. And then they uh they also complain like i guess it's descendants of the brothers or something this uh old lady and her i wrote it down idiot gargoyle misshapen son which uh, happens to be the uh the the deformed ss mutant from scene one and then they uh they immediately cut to idiot gargoyle misshapen son they're living in like a, a ruined I don't know if it's a stable or just a ruined building, but they're living in there with a goat. Uh, this, I don't know if it's their job or their grave robbers, but the mom like instructs the son to to close this casket, and he like nails it shut with a rock. Like that's his job. They they load it onto a, a cart, and they're gonna. Uh, uh, well, well, later we find out they take it to the cemetery. At the same time, they like cut back to the husband and wife. Uh, she can't sleep. It's the middle of the night. She can't sleep. There's a uh, suddenly a black horse outside, and the uh, the old man or the elderly couple is referring to it as the devil's horse, and he wants it dead. He's gonna go out and shoot it. So, <laughs> which is uh, one of the main rivalries of this film. <laughs> again, something they paid money. For sound effects for that they could never uh that they felt they had to get their money's worth out of between the horse hooves on the cobblestones and the horse neighing oh my god yes and it makes no sense like the horse has no no relevance like anywhere in the entire thing it's not part of the plot it's not necessary for to to you know for the climax it's not part of like the pirate ship story it's just like a horse. It's, it's like they were going to make a film and they're like, hey, my my buddy has a cool black horse. 
we could get like like they could cut out 20 minutes of just horse footage and it, this movie would have been better off <laughs> well but then they probably would have come in under the clock time that they that they were budget you know that they were budgeted for that's true i wrote I, if there's a positive to this film it's that it's only like 75 minutes long which is shorter than average and they in 20 minutes of that is just horse galloping <laughs> yeah back and forth on the cobbles i mean it was it it was stock footage of a horse yeah. galloping back and forth on on cobblestone in front of this building and screeching horse whinnying and goddamn fucking annoying bullshit <laughs> so yes the guy runs out the door with his shotgun to go shoot the horse and doesn't under you know and the woman wakes up blonde lady wakes up because she's sleeping she hears the horse out there doesn't bother to get dressed just throws on a coat over that and starts going out there as well yeah she's in like a nighty yeah and the uh, she goes out there to the the old man is swinging his shotgun at the horse like a club i think i think the blonde lady wants to intervene but immediately like the horse takes an aggressive posture towards her and she like is protecting her face <laughs> yes and she runs to hide in the car yeah she runs to uh their car dives into the back seat kind of like sleeps off a little a bit of the night there she's there yeah know. she's there they show time passing but again the horse is just running back and forth in front of the building making tons of bullshit noise because again the horse's mouth is not moving at all for it to make these noises and the uh the footsteps on the cobblestone the horse hooves on the cobblestone are out of time to when the horse's feet are actually landing oh yeah like the birds like the cat they're just they're they're milking their 399 they paid out of that sound effects cd <laughs> and then then the next day they uh they they cut back to the wife in the car like she wakes up finds a raincoat and boots like puts those on that's her outfit for the rest of the movie raincoat uh boots over her like white nighty well she, she doesn't it's not it's not even the next morning it's still the same night is it but yeah but um she gets in the car and drives off. I know that. She just leaves her husband behind. Yeah, she leaves her husband behind at, at the at the hotel castle. And I'm telling you, man, th this movie had me thrown for loops as far as what actually was happening with this. <laughs> and because all I remember is the... Wait... <laughs> Here's how dumb it is. She she drives away, leaves her husband behind, gets down the road. The road is blocked again by the horse. The horse is just like prancing and stuff. So, what's the dumbest thing you can do in that scenario? She gets out of the car and just runs straight into the forest. So was this? Because uh, wasn't there the scene where uh, didn't did this happen before or after the scene where? They had uh, old Nazi tortured gargoyle guy and his mom 
were wheeling a cart through the city and they ran into the horse. Because I believe that happened before, because I believe that's where she drove off then was yeah, she saw the yep, Nazi right. guy. And the horse takes after the Nazi guy and actually kicks him in the face, which it shows that it was that he was kicked. His costume shows that he was kicked in the face, but there was no actual anywhere near contact to him being kicked in the face. But it showed like a like a five minute standoff between the horse kicking at <laughs> Nazi gargoyle guy and Nazi gargoyle guy trying to get near the horse. <laughs> and eventually it kicks him in the face right above his left eye. And he spends the rest of the movie holding the chunk of skin above his left eye into into place as he's running through the woods later on. Yeah, he's got a giant flap of skin, like half his forehead hanging off where the horse attacks him. And you can yeah, you can tell you can tell in the filming that the director is just like, hey, like get closer to the get closer to the horse. <laughs> You gotta, you know, make it kick you. Pretend it's kicking you, because it's just, yeah, it's this mutant guy grunting at a horse for for way too long. Again, you know, four or five minutes. Yeah, and that's kind of where uh, uh, mutant guy and blonde lady intersect. Like, because she, she abandons her car, runs through the forest, ends up at this graveyard where uh, where mutant guy is. Uh, is trying to dump a, a body. Probably <laughs> the guy killed in the first scene. Yeah. The wife tries to like sneak into the cemetery to, I guess, spy on him or whatever. But again, she's kind of stupid. She falls into an open grave uh, that immediately gets the attention of the uh, like the mutant mutant SS son and and his mom. Who I don't know if she's a witch or what, but. Honestly, it looked like the exact same person. It looked like blonde lady wearing a dark wig. Yeah. <laughs> that That's what I got out of it, is that, that they just put it, because they never really showed them in the exact, in, in the same scene like that. It probably they, was. <laughs> and... and so, yeah, they're trying to close off this. It, it almost seemed like, yeah, they throw them into like an open... Uh, sarcophagus, and they're trying to close the lid. The mom is trying to close the lid on blonde blonde lady while she's trying to climb out. And she does actually get out and starts running through the woods in her galoshes and raincoat and, and nightgown. <laughs> it, it's such a weird scene because, yeah, like mutant, mutant SS son has his head wound. Like he's kind of laying on the f- ground Blonde lady and and the old crone of a mother are like fighting over the sarto- sarto- uh, sarcophagus lid. Uh, yeah, eventually blonde lady escapes. She's about to run away, but uh, the old lady grabs her by the ankle. And again, that's another scene where it's just like two minutes of blonde lady screaming. Just go, ah, ah, ah. While this old lady in the ground has her ankle and she grabs like the gate of the cemetery eventually jars it loose and impales the uh, the old crone with it. <laughs> it's so... It's so stupid, like... And I, I think they set it up to make it look like it's an accident. Like, the blonde lady is just pulling on it for leverage to escape. Eventually, the hinges give way. It kind of... Uh, 
you know, flies through the air in a way that it lands onto the chest of the old woman stabbing her to death. So again, you're, ta- you're saying it pretty much defies the laws of physics. Oh yeah, for sure. And it's <laughs> and it's about to get weirder because I think it's about this point where they just cut to a a the, ship, the beach. <laughs> yeah, they cut to the beach. They cut to a beach. It's clearly a small model ship the size of a football, but we're supposed to suspend our disbelief. There's a a wooden sailing vessel emerging from sand along with an Egyptian sarcophagus emerging from sand. And out of the Egyptian sarcophagus uh, is is the mummy. We reveal yes. the mummy. <laughs> like wrapped in toilet paper mummy. Yeah, it, it, with, with kind of a ghoulish-looking face as well. Mm. Did, did have a ghoulish-looking face, but yes, it's definitely, definitely a mummy. Yeah, so like I don't even... I don't know exactly where we are time-wise. Maybe halfway through the film, you think the main antagonist is uh, mutant Nazi uh, hillbilly, but no. <laughs> time time has no meaning in this film. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, Nazi mutant guy is chasing blonde lady through the forest. They're... Looks like they're running all over places they run through a cornfield and he's trying to chase through the cornfield is running through the woods they're running down this gravel path where you can see nothing but bouncing titties on blonde lady as she's running through this the, the, this you know forest this forest path and she emerges from the forest right where she parked her car <laughs> Yes, right, that, right where she parked her car. That and, that is the most ridiculous thing that you would ever think of because she did not go the back the exact way that she came out of the car and went into the forest, but she runs right back to where the the car is. So she's of course gets back in the car, starts freaking out, and you know starts trying to start the car, and of course the car won't start because it's a horror movie, and finally just before. Nazi torture dude gets there, the car starts, she drives off. And then, like, 30 seconds later, she runs out of gas. <laughs> so well, she, she gets stopped with the horse, then she she runs out of gas. Or, no, I guess, she didn't run out of gas. The car died. Or some some something else happened with the car. So then she gets yeah. out and runs into the woods again. And And she's not just, like, running like you know like like she's she's sprinting into the woods well this is this is i gotta do it because we we do our favorite scene if i have to pick one it's the it's the running out of gas scene because yeah she she gets to the car and starts it and then uh, like mutant nazi hillbilly guy comes out and kind of jumps on the hood and no, she like no this is this is this is the first time she gets away from him this this is not the this is not when the Nazi mutant guy dies oh I thought this was right here <laughs> nope nope because she she gets out of there and drives off and again stop no wait no this is yeah no you're right this was the terrible scene of the Nazi mutant death yes. where <laughs> it actually proves that this was not shot in France at all. 
Yeah, uh, I, I caught it too. <laughs> but yes, yes. So she gets in the car. She's trying to start. She gets the car started and puts it in reverse. And the Nazi torture guy jumps on the hood and is holding under the hood. And then she decides to drive into an embankment that is there and doesn't get anywhere near it. No. But yet Nazi tortured gargoyle guy apparently is trapped between the car and this embankment. Yeah, which... I think that's what they have us believe. But you're right. Yeah, she she kind of gently stops there after was driving. Six feet. There was six feet yeah. between Nazi tor you know, between the front bumper and this embankment, which goes to show that they were using somebody's personal car for this movie. Right. Because yeah, don't, they didn't don't want to get it my Mercedes. Close. That was <laughs> that was clear. Don't have my Mercedes. Cause yeah, it was. We had to suspend all disbelief. They were. They weren't even close. We had to assume she crushed Nazi torture guys. You know, internal organs in between the car and the embankment, which, uh, like we said, wasn't even close. But he starts kind of spitting up blood. Again, a way too long and exaggerated death sequence from uh, from this <laughs> film. <laughs> from from the star of the film. Yes, yes. Like he eventually like falls to the ground. Uh, you see her run over with a uh, kind of gas canister, dump it all over him as he's still alive, crumpled on the ground. You know, bleeding out from his internal organs. She lights it on fire, then drives away. <laughs> and that's when that's when like who knows? They don't say how long she's been driving, but. You, a minute, five minutes, ten. She runs out of gas, and then my favorite. This is my favorite scene. They have to show like a flashback. <laughs> she checks right. the trunk for the gas can. They have to show a flashback of her igniting the the mutant Nazi hillbilly minutes earlier. Like, oh yeah, that that mutant trying to kill me. I just burned him alive. How could I forget? <laughs> right, but. You you caught you caught what I what I'm going to talk about right now too, correct? As <laughs> as she is gets in the car to pull away, she kind of backs around the you know backs out into the road to take off, and the camera is right there, and nope. <laughs> the cam the the car the Mercedes that she's driving that she's getting away in 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 the in the wilderness of France has a Florida license plate. Yes, Florida Palm. Palm State or something, Florida. <laughs> I I actually because when I when I first saw it, I was like, how could they be that dumb to do something like that? And I was you know because I was like, I didn't believe it at first because with everything going on with all of the like all of the titles being in French, all of the like um, all, you know all of all of the the credits. Oh yeah. Having having all of the you know all of the job titles and the credits being in Ancient French and castle. everything, <laughs> the the gigantic castle. I could not fucking believe that they would actually get that close to the car with a Florida fucking license plate. So I rewound and watched it again to make sure I saw it correctly. No, I saw it too. I you mean, it was only like ten seconds, yep. but you know, uh. Yeah, so she's she takes off, spit you know, just like spitting gravel out of there. Duke's a hazard; it's out of there. She's almost on two wheels as she's leaving. Yeah, and she drives ten, fifteen seconds of film time, and runs out of gas. And then she's like mad at herself 
as to how she could be so dumb as to run out of gas when she just took the gas can yeah, right. and, and lit tortured zombie gargoyle guy on fire. Damn it, I, I used all my gas to burn that mutant alive. <laughs> so then, of course, she just takes off into the woods again. And, oh, and, then, and then they have been cutting to this kind of periodically throughout the, the movie, but the old the old man all this time has been kind of st- in a field, standing in place, whirling in circles, shooting his shotgun at the devil horse. <laughs> but they never show... The old guy and the devil horse in the same, sh- you know, in in the same shot. They're, yeah, they're never is, on screen together. They're never on screen together. So there's no way that this guy is close enough to devil horse to actually do any sort of uh, shooting it with a shotgun at him. Oh yeah, and, you, you're and, probably right. I'm sure it's stock footage of a a horse, and they combine that with this old man going, you know, with a shotgun. Literally goes through probably a hundred hundred bullets. He's just spinning in circles. Never reloads. Never reloads. Just shooting. Damn it. Damn it. This horse. Where where are you? Why don't you neigh some more? Be more annoying, horse. <laughs> and he, he goes through, uh, I'm serious, like a hundred shots. Never hits the horse once. And then uh, I think that's when blonde, blonde main character stumbles on the old man in the field, right? That is, yes. Yes, um, and yeah, we did not mention this guy's previous role. Um, the old, the old guy had to have had a previous role as a stormtrooper because he couldn't hit a damn thing. Yeah, right. Imagine one hundred shots with a shotgun, a, a widespread shotgun, doesn't hit the horse with a single pellet or shot or whatever. Yeah, well, he's I mean, terrible. He's also never close enough to actually get a good shot because they just keep cutting to the stock foot. <laughs> the horse doesn't exist <laughs> that he's trying to shoot only in the stock footage. Right, yeah. yeah the, he's imagining the horse, right? He's basically working with a green screen, <laughs> but but in real life. <laughs> I don't even think I don't even think it's a green screen. No. I, mean, I think I think he's just out there in the woods randomly, ra- you know, ra- randomly uh pretending to shoot a shotgun and they're just adding the the sound effects in because that was not nearly loud enough to be a shotgun no and 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 again there there was no um there there was nothing and that's that's literally uh, not exaggerating maybe 10 percent of the movie is stock footage of this horse like prancing and then cut to the old man shooting it and missing. That's either, that's like that's legit ten percent of this film. Yeah, either, either it's stock footage of the horse either in the field running back and forth, running apparently circles around the old guy as he's trying to shoot the horse, or prancing back and forth in front of the castle. Yeah, he's just he's spinning and he's standing in place, kind of spinning in circles, shooting every few seconds. Damn it, horse! I'll kill you, devil horse! <laughs> Like that's ten percent of this film, so <laughs> don't. I mean, don't watch it. Yeah, uh, we we don't even need to get to the end of the movie to tell you you should not watch this movie. Yeah, and then it it it's. I guess it's about this point the uh, the mummy reemerges. The mummy has has raised 
They mentioned it briefly. It's like the uh, the old lady, the not the old lady. I wish they had names. The old crones, like mutant SS hillbillies, mother's daughter. <laughs> the mummy raises her from the dead, who happens to look identical to a blonde heroine. Yes, yes, with the yeah, just just the blonde lady with a dark wig. On. Yeah, yeah, it's the blonde lady with a dark wig. So she's like kind of a zombie who walks alongside the mummy. Uh, sometimes they hold hands, and like the mummy, zombie doppelganger, blonde lady, and old man, uh, kind of converge on the uh, on the on the ship at the beach, right? Yeah, yeah, the zombie, uh, the the mummy, the mummy and his crone are trying to get back to the sarcophagus. Uh, the old man and blonde lady are basically, I think, going back to either the castle or her car. Um, that I don't remember which one they're heading towards. But yeah, they come across the uh, beach shipwreck that is the small scale ship with a tiny sarcophagus in front of it. And, uh, yeah, the, the old guy's like, oh, I knew it was real. I knew that shipwreck was real. It's all mine. <laughs> and he starts running down to try and claim his treasure, because apparently the ship that was shipwrecked off this coast was filled with gold. So he thinks he is rich now. He's got everything all sent. And he runs into the zombie, and, or the mummy. Jeez, not the zombie. Uh, so he, he runs into the mummy, and um, he shoots the mummy, and it keeps getting closer. He's wondering why a shotgun has no effect. The mummy then is close enough to grab him by the throat and rip open the wrong side of his throat. <laughs> and uh, the old guy starts bleeding out of his throat and falls down. And then the mummy steps on his stomach and squishes out some hamburger. <laughs> yes. And stomps and, his guts out. Yes. He stomps his guts out. And that scene lasted way too long um, as well. Yes. Uh, it was, it was close about, up of feet and squishy meat sound effects. Yeah. With, with basically, yeah. The old guy laying there with some sort of, pig intestines or something like that coming out from underneath his shirt. It was about two and a half minutes long. And uh, that, that was, that was way, it was just, just way drug out and way too long. Like many scenes in this film. And yeah. And then the mummy basically grabs his crone's hand again. And as they start heading towards the sarcophagus, and blonde lady decides that she's going to uh, grab the shotgun and search the old guy's body and finds one last shell. He hasn't reloaded the entire time he was shooting at the horse. Uh, he he actually worked the pump on the shotgun several times, and I, some <laughs> shells did. Sometimes shells came out. Sometimes they didn't. Yeah. Most of the time they didn't. But he she searches his pockets, finds one last shell. Can't figure out how to work the pump on the shotgun. Um, and for some reason, though, too, she decides she needs to shoot the mummy because the mummy, yes, he killed the old guy, but he's not making any movements towards her. He's just going for his home. And she 
She finally gets the chamber <laughs> open on the shotgun and loads it and points the shotgun at the mummy's back and then conveniently swings to the left. <laughs> to there's, find... a, yeah, there's a scene where <laughs> when the when the oh, the old pirate wooden pirate looking ship emerges from the sand, like some barrels spill out of it. And one of them is labeled powder. <laughs> it's it's conveniently written in perfect handwriting, you know, in, in some sort of either chalk or spray paint or whatever, labeled powder. Powder. Not not where a barrel would be labeled. But it's, yes, just conveniently labeled powder. Yeah, just a barrel labeled powder. And she still does a double take. <laughs> so, so she assumes that it's gunpowder. What would have been better is if she would have shot it, it was just like baby powder. Right. <laughs> just just this giant white cloud of baby powder she explodes out of this and barrel. The zombie or the mummy kills her. Well, the mummy wasn't even moving toward her. The mummy no, was it was, going it was the shambling, shambling away to its sarcophagus. So there was zero reason for her. She's she's just a cold blooded murderer. She wanted she wanted revenge for the old guy. Yeah, she lights it up. She blasts the powder. Yep, she blasts the barrel with that's labeled powder, and causing a big explosion. Yep, takes out the mummy and everything else. And then she wakes up. Yeah, she wakes up at the uh, Buckingham Palace Hotel. In a different nightie. And it was allegedly all a dream. Or was it? Yep, because her she talks to the old lady. And she said her husband went to go get... see. Well, they, they showed they showed the old guy again as he was again sharpening his knife, and then puts it in his ankle sheath, and the husband is in town, like getting the car fixed. Yeah, husband's in town trying to get the car fixed. The her the old lady that runs the hotel, her husband went to go get him some fish for lunch. <laughs> well, how long ago did he leave? Oh, about ten minutes. <laughs> And then, yeah, and then basically the movie's over. There yeah, Blondie, is... Blondie goes for a walk, finds some shotgun shells, sees the cat on the ledge, it jumps on her, and she's swallowed up by the earth. Yeah, it basically, yeah, she gets she gets knocked to the ground by a cat jumping on her back. She did see, she did find, oh, they didn't show. I get. They showed them, but she didn't see them. But the galoshes and raincoat behind the door of yeah. the bathroom after she was done changing there. And yeah, the cat jumps on her back, knocks her to the ground, and she just it just like a trap door and the earth opens up and she gets swallowed up by this trap door. And that was the shit movie we call Devil Story. Yeah, I don't even know. I don't even know what. I know some people think like French films are artsy or whatever. <laughs> maybe, maybe there was too much influence here. It didn't make any damn sense. <laughs> the horse was meaningless. That the cat was meaningless. The the tortured Nazi zombie was meaningless. Yeah, like like just that an Egyptian sarcophagus would end up on the beach and spawn a real mummy was meaningless. 
the the tropical birds in a temperate forest are meaningless. Yeah, like I said, this was uh, you. If you could cut out, I mean, not there was not that there was a lot of relevant footage of this, but you could have cut out like all the old man shooting at a horse footage, the uh, the excessive like uh, death scenes, the excessive cat yowling, and this would have been like a thirty minute episode of some TV show. <laughs> Today on Unsolved Mysteries, what happened to the Nazi gargoyle tortured dude? Right, like I'm thinking, I was trying to think of like Outer Limits or something, kind of X-Files-y, but even that's a 60-minute show, like this is just, there was nothing here. There was nothing here, it was all absurdity. It would have been a good dream sequence for Full House. <laughs> yes, right. And like I said... The, Bob Saget runs through the woods trying to get away from... Uncle Jesse, who's a tortured Nazi zombie guy. <laughs> I'd watch that episode. <laughs> Who wouldn't? <laughs> like I said, like, posi- positives, it was shorter than most movies we watch, which I guess helped me power through it. Yeah, and, and towards towards the middle, I mean, so, yeah, the whole, like, Nazi uh, costume was was terrible. The The military uniform... Uh, it looked like they took clothesline and kind of braided it at the end to, for the for one of the uh, decoration, you know, one of the uh, uniform decorations on there. It just was not. This was not a well done film. No, no, the uh, I don't know. It was skip this one. I can say that skip this movie. Uh, the only positives, it was shorter. Uh, there were like four deaths in under ten minutes, and I did think I think it was I, like I mentioned in my favorite scene, the flashback where they had to like I don't know if they were trying to remind the woman or remind the audience that oh yeah you used all your gas burning a uh, Nazi mutant. <laughs> I thought in that was pre- funny in, in the previous scene. Yeah, in the scene that happened less than a minute ago. <laughs> Like, oh, yeah, that's why I'm out of gas. <laughs> when I burned that mutant alive. that I thought that was funny. But, yeah, the rest of it was just god-awful. Yeah, I would, I would definitely agree. Do not waste your time watching this. This is one of those where uh, this definitely lives up to the moniker of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. We, we'll we'll uh, fall on that grenade for you, folks. So for next week, we are watching the uh, classic that is Class of Newcomb High. I'm I, I'm excited for this one. Like I don't, I'm pretty sure I've never seen it. Although it's always I've always known of its existence. So I think it's one of those cult classics that uh, hopefully will be will be pretty good and live up to its namesake. Yeah, I believe this one is also. Uh, a, a trauma film, which they always, uh, they they very rarely fail to live up to the hype that is, that are trauma films. So, I definitely am looking forward to seeing that as well. The uh, the description is the pupils at a high school next to a nuclear power plant start acting and looking strange after buying contaminated drugs from a plant worker, and it. Uh, it has a 5.6 out of 10 on IMDb, which honestly is about as high as it gets for for bad horror. 
<laughs> yes. So that will be, yeah, we will be recording that uh, to let you behind the curtain of that. This is, we are recording on Tuesday. The new episode will come out on Saturday. Uh, so this episode will be out on Saturday. Uh, was it the 13th, 14th of May? So Class of Newcomb High, we will record on the 17th, and that will be out on the 21st. So I know everybody is looking forward to those dates. We'll keep those, uh, keep, we're trying to keep to the same weekly schedule. Uh, it seemed to have been working so far. Yeah. I would agree. I'm excited for this one. I'm excited for uh, Class of Nuke and High. I just looked at the cast. I don't recognize anybody, but at least the characters have names. And uh, maybe half of them have a picture. <laughs> <laughs> when they have no names, like no character names or pictures, that's a bad sign. So, Yeah, yeah. Or they all share the same last name, like what happened with uh, Bigfoot's Bride. Yeah. It was a family decided to make a bad horror movie. Yeah. Yep. <sighs> well, I don't know. What else? You, what do you have going on in life, man? Uh, well, uh, I started training for a new temporary assignment at work. Uh, started that yesterday. Um, it is. I don't know. <laughs> it's been a, it's been a rough two days of training. Um, a lot of information. Uh. Not, I guess, uh, not a lot of sleep uh, coming into <laughs> the night, the the days of training. So yesterday was yesterday was more of a struggle to stay awake than today was. Today wasn't so bad, um, but I start work at six thirty in the morning, and my training starts at ten. So I sit here for three and a half hours doing nothing before training. So it makes for a really long day. Yeah. But I mean, like yesterday I did some painting stuff and then today I did some painting stuff again, some other, some more painting stuff, um, which is actually what I'm looking at right now here. I don't know <laughs> why this stuff is working the way it is. All right. Uh, so, um, yeah, it, it uh, it just it's a struggle right now because I don't do anything for half of my day and the other half is just like bombarded with information. So work training is always, in my opinion, mostly worthless. <laughs> they do the they do those studies that say like you forget seventy five or seventy percent of information like within a day. So it's one of those things where they make you sit through hours and hours of training and then uh they make you go live with it or whatever. And then you ask a question and they're like, well, we cover that in training. <laughs> well, like, yeah, the human brain forgets 70% of what you talked about. <laughs> yeah. I mean, luckily it won't be that it won't be like that, but uh, yeah, it, it it's definitely going to be, uh, there's going to be questions on stuff because yeah, it, it's been a lot of information. There's a lot of back and forth. We're starting like yesterday too was all just look at you know looking at the screen and hearing somebody reading this what's on the screen to you yeah <laughs> and then today we got to actually put some 
of what was covered yesterday into practical use today. And we're going to continue doing that tomorrow for part of the day. And it seems like this was, uh, they, it, it almost seems like they should have followed Treebeard's advice with this and said, don't be hasty. Because it almost, Ooh. yeah, it, it almost seems like, like they, they don't have, they don't have a solid plan <laughs> for what is going to happen with this. So nobody, nobody that I work with knows I even have a podcast, so I can kind of say things like that. Yeah, then talk some trash, but do it like in Treebeard's voice. <laughs> Don't be hasty, you dumbass little hobbits. The Ents haven't been involved in wars in many years. We've lost all our wives. We're poor husbands. I always wanted an explanation on that storyline. Like... <laughs> The ant wives just vanished, and I kind of wonder if it was the ant's fault. Like, what did they do, right? <laughs> they didn't go to ant therapy. Right, yeah, yeah. Like, dopey, dopey Ant-Man. We're like, well, I don't know what the problem is. She just disappeared. And it's like, well, you're lazy alcoholic or something. <laughs> you didn't want to get, you couldn't decide if you wanted to get involved in a war to save the planet, so... When she tried to figure out what she wanted to eat for supper for supper that night. <laughs> yeah, right. And your your ant wives left you for uh, men with more ambition. <laughs> That's the answer to your riddle. You've just been hanging out in the forest. You didn't even really go looking. <laughs> you just like took a nap in the forest. They just moved to the other side of the forest. Yeah, I think we solved that riddle. That's some uh, in-depth meta, like Lord of the Rings nerddom right there. <laughs> Brought to you by Beauty and DeGeest. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully hopefully one listener will appreciate that tangent. <laughs> hopefully we get one listener. Right. Yeah, that's the hard part. That's the hard part. Getting listeners to begin with. And then uh, getting listeners who understand the history of the ants and the ant wives. <laughs> That's really difficult. Which, I mean, more than likely, if people stumble across this podcast accidentally and stumble across this episode of the podcast accidentally and listen to the, are, are dumb enough to listen to us this long. <laughs> yes, that's true. The odds will be increased. Up. To figure out about the Ents and the Ent Wives. Actually, you know what? Maybe I'll just put that in the description, too. <laughs> there you go. Play around with it, man. Maybe the riddles, the riddles of the Ent Wives have been solved. Maybe what the internet wants is like more in-depth talk on the Ents. <laughs> and there's just no podcasts, uh, podcasts filling that void right now. The, the, that'll get us that Tubi sponsorship that we've been looking for. Sure, sure. We can get our own like spin-off. A TV series on Netflix, like just about ants, and you and I write it or something. <laughs> the the tales of the ants, and it'll just be the forest, and just just time lapse of the of the forest as the trees get, trees go grow bigger, and 
There you go. Well, we, leaves we'll, leaves grow, leaves fall off. Leaves grow, leaves fall off. Trees grow. <laughs> that'll be that'll be our excuse. We'll just we'll, we'll claim we're being really uh, faithful to the source material. So we we don't want the ends to be too active in the show. So yeah, like the first four seasons will just be tree growth, <laughs> time lapse tree growth, time time lapse lapse tree growth. Ah, <laughs> uh, we got a hit on our hands. Anyway, where were yeah. we? <laughs> I, I, we were, we were talking about the ants, and we, I think we're we're moving on from that subject. So you had your comedy after dark uh, this past weekend. What did that end up <laughs> entailing? Because I saw one picture from Facebook, and it was you and Caitlin and a couple other people. It was chaos, which I think should be expected. There was a lot of drama and a lot of chaos, but uh, a quick refresher: this is a comedy competition not your typical stand-up comedy uh entertainment it round one was just riffing in teams of two so two comedians would go on stage uh, supposed to make jokes off the top of their head round two was kind of heckling so the 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 audience was asked to insult the comedians and they were supposed to kind of fire back Again, all off the top of their head. Uh, you take the winners from a couple, uh, two winners from each of those rounds. They move on to the championship, which already you can expect some chaos because there's little structure. You're asking the audience just to yell insults at comics, and uh, the the end result perhaps could have been anticipated. <laughs> there were some, there were some comedians uh, not happy with the the judges decisions on who should advance to the third round uh two comedians got disqualified for for not following instructions properly <laughs> the audience was up and down for the uh like the quality of heckles they could deliver and at the end i think everybody was losing steam and momentum so the uh the main organizer just said hey let's call it uh we're gonna call this uh pick a winner based on audience applause so there were just two people left. The audience cheered loudly, I would say, evenly among the two finalists. But uh, a winner was chosen. She's a friend of mine, Sydney. She's she's good. I would say she was certainly one of the top. Uh, t- she deserved to be in the finals. But uh, afterwards, some there was certainly some drama when the uh, some of the losers were not happy with the decision. And uh, I don't know. I don't know what you can expect from like an improv heckle tournament and in, in, in hope for more structure because it wasn't going to happen. <laughs> so was there, was there like, was it a cash prize kind of thing or was it just more of a, uh, a pride um, award? There was a little cash on the line. It was a ticketed event. And uh, I think the winner was supposed to get a hundred dollars, but because of the, the, I don't know, the dramatic finish and the uh, the judge conflict or whatever, she agreed to uh, split the prize amongst the final four. So, yeah, there was a bit of cash handed out. Okay. But, again, this is like a, I don't know, this this is, like, this is exactly what I expected. I, I don't know why other people were <laughs> upset. Like, you can't. You can't tell com- comics to come in with no preparation 
and just be ready to to fire off the top of your head. And the audience, you can't tell the audience to like, hey, just heckle these comics free range, and then not not expect chaos to to ensue. So I don't know. There's really only one or two people who took issue with it, but yeah, I mean, it was sounds like it it was kind of lucky that there wasn't actual violence going on, depending on how rowdy the audience got with their insults. Right, it could have been anything, and and yeah, it was good. It was it ended up being an entertaining show, which I think is the ultimate goal. Like the audience had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. The comics had a lot of fun. Um, I was I was not in this one. I was a judge for this one, so you know part of the uh, indecision falls on me. But uh, I th- I thought it was an entertaining show from start to finish. Well, that's the biggest thing, though, too. Right. And I think most of the audience would agree. They had a good time as well. I mean, was was any of the audience insults, like, did anything cross the line? Or was everybody pretty good-natured about things? The audience, I thought, was actually uh, too gentle, mostly. Okay. I, I wish they had amped it up a little bit. The uh, The comic comebacks were... I mean that's kind of that's kind of in their skill set, so they were a little uh, amped up, and <laughs> a couple of ladies did walk out halfway through, and I did wonder if they were personally insulted, but uh, otherwise, yeah, I think everybody had fun and and nobody went too far. So it was a fun time, and <laughs> well, that's that's good. I mean, I'm glad that it, that it you know that it was a good time and was a fairly decent show and it's good that people are willing to uh i guess split the pot between the final four um just because of course you know you're gonna have your winners you're gonna have your losers some people take losing better than others but sounds like sydney was a pretty good sport about even being declared the winner and yeah still still sharing it out and everything so um yeah and for the, I mean, the the people complaining not that they uh i don't know if they listen or not but like frankie frankie hosted this event frankie gets stuff done which is not easy like it's not easy to plan and promote and arrange an event so uh hats off to her for getting shit done and uh you know for the people the people who complained like you just showed up and wanted to insult the crowd and walk away with a hundred bucks. Like, plan your own event. <laughs> <laughs> if you think it's that easy and you don't like the the, the judging system, yeah. And, and again, you know when yeah when you have people judging and everything that that's kind of you are yeah you are i mean of course somebody's ha- somebody has to win somebody has to lose and you may think you did better but you know it's not your decision on that so i actually i went to mora this weekend which is our which is our hometown and oh you uh, went there huh i did i did i mean i haven't been up there since last july so i figured it was about time so i went to go see my parents it was mother's day weekend and uh they were having the benefit for josh norby this past weekend so uh after his 
whole run-in with COVID and everything, he was in the hospital for 62 days. And uh, the town kind of, he is a teacher at, at the high school now, and he's one of the more popular people in the in the school and in the community. So they organized a gigantic benefit for him. Um, but I was there, but I didn't go. <laughs> And I and I apologize to to Josh if he if he hears this that that I that I apologize that I did not go. I was in town. I just was being lazy and decided to go to Dairy Queen with my parents instead. <laughs> I but, used to work at that Dairy Queen. How was the How was your meal? Uh, well, I mean, we just had ice cream, so okay. the ice cream was typical Dairy Queen stuff. Fantastic. Um, yeah, we. Uh, yeah, I mean, I had plans to go up to, to this benefit and, you know, and, and just kind of, I don't know whether I bid on stuff in the silent auction or, you know, bought anything, whatever. Um, but when I found out how busy it was, I just decided to stay home. Yeah. I saw the pictures. It looked packed. Yeah. And, and and that's just too many more people for me. I'm not a big crowd fan, so I I understand. I won't judge it. I mean, most of the time I'm okay with crowds, but it would have just been there. There's a certain um, there's a certain factor of people that I don't want to deal with much and they would have been there so <laughs> i did i did not feel like dealing with with those people um on that on that particular day so sure. i stayed home <laughs> and then uh i spent all day mother's day with my you know at, at my parents house i didn't get home till like 8 30 sunday night watched the hockey game which unfortunately the wild lost on sunday um and that's really all i've got i mean I, I actually i have a short week this week i took friday off but everybody else seems to be working so not really anything special planned i guess for this friday yeah i don't know i uh I don't have a ton going on. Comedy as usual. Went out to eat with uh, my mother for Mother's Day. Oh, yeah, that's a good thing. We, uh, oh, we do have, uh, trying to figure out a place for when uh, one of our friends comes into town from Illinois. He's going to be in town for about 10 days at the end of June, beginning of July, to try to figure out where we can get together to have a little nerd gathering. So I've been, I put out, I put out a message yesterday to see who's interested and nobody has responded to anything. <laughs> <laughs> surprise, surprise. I'm interested. I think it'd be fun to play some magic. Yeah, I would, I would definitely be down to play, to play some magic. Um, yeah, I mean, he just wants to, because he's only going to be in town for 10 days, he kind of wants to get plans set in place if he's going to play, um, you know, if we're going to play no matter what 
we can we can figure out a place so that's that's the biggest thing right now is figuring out a place sure to play which i mean i know we normally go to brian's place and we probably could go to brian's house again but we just have to figure out a day and a time where everybody can get together for when he's in town yeah i should uh i'll respond <laughs> it'd be fun so honestly, I was thinking worst case scenario, we get him on his way out. But I know he's going to be staying in Cambridge a lot. So when he's uh, when he's in town, so and I the first weekend that he's in town, I actually have to go to Mora anyway because going to a graduation party for a friend's kid. So yeah, we'll figure it out. It'd be uh, it'd be fun to get some Magic the Gathering going again. I still yeah. have all these new decks that I built months ago, and I just have been too busy to play. Yeah, we well we got yeah we got essentially six weeks to to get stuff. I mean, I'd like to have stuff kind of lock a plan locked into place by the end of this month, but I mean you know I mean it's gonna be he's not coming into town for another six weeks so. Oh uh, yeah, uh, that's all I got. Yeah, same here. I think I'm out for this week out of. Uh... <laughs> new updates all right well uh that is the end of episode 19 i believe I believe we're up to 19 uh let's go with beauty it. and geese we'll call this episode 19 if we skip 18 we'll figure something out and upload something uh, but i'm pretty sure this is 19 yep episode 19 of beauty and geese where we watch bad movies so you don't have to